Informative. Educational. Objective. Inclusive. Comprehensive. This is Progress Report. Updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. Good day and welcome to another episode of Progress Report. This is part two of our episode with the Honorable Premier, Dr. Ellis Lorenzo Webster. In the previous episode, we went very, very deep into health. Uh, We didn't even get to touch finance and economic development. So we know we have to honor the time slot we've given, we've been given by our radio partners Actually, we, we tend to go over. So thank you, <laughs> radio partners, for always being um, gracious. gracious. That's the best word, gracious <laughs> with us. Uh, but it, it gets heavy and it gets so, so good, um, the conversation. And, and, and folks really tend to enjoy and argue to what's going on. We try to keep this one tight. tight. We try to keep this one tight. But, of course, you have the premiere here. This is the, 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 the man of the hour. Um, on so many fronts. Um, I don't like when I you d- use that word. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second time you've done it. I know. And I thought, you see, I turned to you right away when I did it because I knew that was coming again. Say levels. Say yeah. levels. All right. I'm so many levels. <laughs> Literally, you saw when I turned around yes, because I, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. But, oh, man. It's, listen, listen, folks. The last, the previous episode really... Um, brought some things to the forefront. I know there was something that you wanted to touch from there, Glenniva. So we're yes. gonna just deep dive into right it. In. We're gonna jump right in. Mm-hmm. Who's gone to the store lately? I have. I have. Tell me about your I experience. Have. Well, I, I want to jump back to your experience before we get to mine. Go ahead. And uh, maybe we can we can speak about what's similar and what's not. Uh-huh. You know, I I listened earlier when. You spoken for those who haven't heard the previous episode. When you spoke about, you know, when you you go to the store and you no longer look at your receipts, no, I don't, um, because you know GST, you know where the GST is going. And I'm going to revert back to us saying that I had, you know, a fall season mm-hmm. where we still know that our dollars aren't dollaring, mm-hmm. and so not all of us are in. A situation where we can't look at our receipts. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, you know, just sort of be mindful of that. And that there are persons who are feeling the pinch. Mm-hmm. Who are feeling those increases mm-hmm. in their, uh, on their on their grocery bills. Because again, Certainly. our dollars are definitely not dollaring. Mm-hmm. How much has inflation... Affected the GST um, in terms of the actuals, the numbers that you're seeing. Because mm. when you would have projected certain numbers, you would not have taken the current inflation prices into consideration. How has how has those numbers been affected? Well, 
if you think about it, the GST, the rate is 13% mm -hmm. for businesses um, that make 300,000 or more, they have to register. Uh, in terms of inflation, though, that has raised the cost of the goods. But what ends up happening is those businesses, though, they can claim back what they pay at the port. So the CIF uh, values, costs, insurance, freight numbers, those are up because, you know, the cost of shipping has gone up, the cost of supplies has gone up, the cost of goods is up, cost of fuel has gone up because of war in Ukraine, because, um, you know, that's happening out in the world. Now, what we have looked at... And, in fact, we have a, a meeting coming up with Inland Revenue Department to look at that specific, what you just mentioned, of it. does inflation affect the return on GST? And it really doesn't look like it's a significant change in terms of what government gets as returns. Okay. Um, obviously, there will be a slight increase. But we looked at what we projected. We projected that we, given the numbers... Uh, up until it started in July of 2022, that we should have raised in the six months of about $29 million. Um, to date, uh, we look like we'll collect about uh, $28 million by November, through November, and then you got December. Uh, we do know <coughs> that we've gone through kind of the slower season because after... Right. Um, the tourist season slows down. September, October. Uh, it tends to be very um, quiet. And then mid-November and December is when it picks up. So that's why. So, so we do know that uh, if things go according um, how the how it's going, that by the end of December, we should have met our target, maybe even a little bit more. So is that due to inflation, that small uh, increase to the targets? You don't know because there are a lot of... Um, you know, assumptions yes. mm -hmm. that go into these things. Mm -hmm. When you talk to the IMF and you talk to CARTEC, mm -hmm. you know, they basically project based on previous uh, what they think right. uh, it could be. And it may be that the, um, you know, going from 12% accommodation tax to 13% GST, which would be uh, where you that percent increase through a tourism season mm -hmm. that looks, projects to be better than it was last year, that might be where the increase is going to be. So, so it's hard to say right now. Certainly, if you ask me this, um, you know, at the end of the year, I would have a better idea because they would have looked at those numbers. I like when our guests invite themselves back. <laughs> 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 so that, that's, that's, a, that's an open invitation. But, you know, I, I think about it because I know that there are a number of items that may not have originally um, been excluded or you projected to have received revenue from a number of areas, but because of the current economic um, situation, the global economic situation, if we think about things like gasoline... Um, and a number of basic food items that were removed, Definitely. that the GST was removed from. But we're still hitting those targets, which is, which is why I'm asking the question. We're still hitting those targets, even though a number of revenue streams and avenues have been removed. 
I, I do question whether or not that is due to inflation. And, and that's kind of where that question yeah. was coming from, where, where the line of thinking was. And if it is, then is there some reprieve that people can look forward to outside of what has already been given? When you look at inflation, yeah. inflation is hitting the most basic of food items hardest. Yeah. Eggs, yes. flour. Yeah. Again, it, whether it has to do with the direct um, effects of the war in Ukraine, because we know that's where um, a lot of the uh, animal feed and, and, yeah, and, and wheat from, is yes. produced, yes. and yeah. potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what else can people say? Because one of two things will need to happen. You either need to get a reprieve on one end, or you can look forward to a bump in salary. How do you see, or which direction do you see us being able to move in? Well, in the immediate effect, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the the items you mentioned, uh, there's no GST on those. Those are zero rated, and so that would uh, that bump in that price on those would actually be due to you know inflation, supply, uh, shipping costs increase, and things like that. So so that we know we can say that the increased cost you see on the shelf has to do with inflation and, and, and supply because those are zero rated. However, we have done, as you said, um, you know, remove the excise tax and then, uh, you know, no GST on um, gas, diesel, and uh, liquid uh, propane. propane. Um, because of that same reason, the cost has of living has gone up, and so we're trying to mitigate. So we give those benefits, which has cost government a lot of money. Yeah, it's yeah. about uh, fifteen million dollars we spent with, um, you know, uh, decreasing uh, the cost of uh, you know putting in the thousand uh, dollars for domestic um, households for electricity, and um, and continuing. Uh, you know those uh, those benefits, uh, the five hundred dollar vouchers for those seventy and older, and people who are on um, public assistance, that we increased um, their benefits by twenty five percent for the first three months. Now we do propose um, that we will do another uh, benefit to help with the cost of electricity. Uh, one of the things that uh, we would like to do, and some of the other jurisdictions have done, like BVI and Turks and Caicos, is the fuel surcharge supposed to be a certain amount, and they have helped to give subsidies to the to decrease that, and the government covers the difference. Now, we have considered that, and we have asked Anglic to give us the numbers, as you know, they said. First, it was supposed to be a dollar twenty-three. They took it up to seventy cents, and then they're now saying it should be a dollar five. So, it would be prudent of us to know how they come to the calculations, and that is right. Because I can't go to executive council with a paper and say I want to cover a subsidy for Anglic to difference between what they're charging for the um, fuel surcharge and what it should be without having the calculations correct because 
one, I'm going to get thrown out of executive council. <laughs> and two, that. if that, if it would have to go to the United Kingdom for them to approve it anyway. Yes. And they're going to want to know the numbers. I haven't been able to get um, the adequate numbers to do that. So the other option would be what we did before is to give another subsidy um, on domestic accounts. And that cost us over $7 million the last time. So if we come up with that, roughly that same amount again, we still have to go back to the United Kingdom and ask for this to be approved. Because anytime you exceed what is your recurrent um, expenditure that is set at the beginning of the year, uh-huh. you have to get permission to do it. Because we've exceeded our borrowing um, guidelines right. uh, for the FFSD, which says you should only be able to borrow 80% of your current revenue. Your debt service should be no more than 10%. And what's our debt service? Our debt service now is 21%. So it's double what it should be. Mm-hmm. Our um, borrowing limit, which should be 80% of recurrent revenue, is now 173%. Jesus. Um, and you should have in reserve 25% or three months of your recurrent expenditure. Well, when we look at the calculations, uh, when we started out, it was only one day amount that we had. Stop in reserve. Sorry. Yes. Was it a full day? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, not quite. It's <laughs> probably about 21 hours. But again, again, you know, w- w- since then, you know, we have um, had some um, increase mm-hmm. in, uh, in revenue um, above what we had predicted. Right. And so we are now able to say that we have some money that we've been able to hold in reserve. Right. But it's going to get wiped out. And you know the reason why it's going to get wiped out is because we're going to do those cost of living benefits. We're going to give some money to Anglic to help domestic households. We're trying again to get uh, some food vouchers for the elderly. We also just extended the customs um, concessions, duty concessions on essential food items and also on gasoline till the end of the year. And and so, so, so now we have to do a supplementary budget and we got to go to the UK and we got to say, you know, we need you to approve this. On top of that, we have capital and development projects that we got to now fund, the Blowing Point Ferry Terminal, and there were some areas of it that were not funded, the the furniture and equipment, we have to get funded, Um, the the parking lot, Mm -hmm. package two of the um, Abina Lake Arch Comprehensive School, the new complex, remember that one did not uh, meet... Um, it's a um, completion date yes. or completion, so we have to now pay for that. So that's going to cost us another, um, you know, three four million dollars to do these things. But, but, and but so, what I'm ga- gathering though mm-hmm. is, if there's consideration then for these things, then that means we're in a position to pay for these things. Um, make consideration for these things. I'm glad you went there. We because can approach for these things, <laughs> yes, and that's that's important to know because we couldn't before. Yeah, I, I don't want I don't want folks to miss. I'm sorry, Glenn, if I have to go this again because I remember the first no, episode. We're gonna do a timeout, and the reason I wanted to do the timeout uh-huh. and to allow you to do that is because I wanted it to be clear that we are saying that we have the funds to do it, and not that we're going to the UK to ask uh, them. That's correct, exactly. Yes. But last year, we would still have to do this stuff. But this time, 
we would have to go begging and say, we need yeah. to finish the high school. We need to finish the Blowing Point Ferry Terminal. Uh-huh. We don't have the money to do it, but it's got to be done because you can't have um, open up the ferry Blowing terminal <laughs> halfway. Yeah. You can't um, open up the school and you have... Students sticking out there and here. Exactly. Come on. And so, so, so as, as you said, rightfully, we now have the funds that we can do that. Right. So extrapolate back to where the funds came from. GST. Well, you said it's growing sustainably together. High five, Premier. That's it. I, I would wait for somebody to use it. There we go. Yes, yes. There we go. And that's growing sustainably together. Definitely. We went from a cash yeah. position of 21 hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yes. not gonna say yeah one no, day. D- definitely. We we had a one day cash. Yeah. To be able to say to our yes. administering power, we are administering this tax. Anguillian is Anguillians are paying their way. We are making steps and strides to growing sustainably together. That's right. We need to open our ferry terminal with furniture and a properly paved parking lot. We need our students to go to school in a well equipped building, not something that's halfway done. We need to provide some measure of subsidy right. for all our residents because the rest of the world is doing something where energy is concerned. We have the elderly among us that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. They have health concerns. We want to offer them free, free medical services and free health care. This is a good place to be. I think we're in a good place. I'm excited. This is the, the, <laughs> the last episode I talk about the hope that I'm feeling. I think this, this kind of sums it up. But I don't want something to, to go overlooked because... We're talking about subsidies. Can't this removal of the excise tax on fuel be a subsidy as well? Well, it is a subsidy. I just, I just, you said it. I it is it. a subsidy. <laughs> because people, people will say that there are no subsidies. No, because remember that at the beginning of the year, the budget was set with these monies coming in, uh-huh. right? And so anything that we do where we don't, collect the revenue that was already budgeted for, where the expenses already put in place as part of your recurrent expenditure, you're going to have to find some other way to make up that money. Exactly. So, so, so it, it's not an easy thing. You know, when you're dealing with budgets, you 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 basically projecting you're going to make this so you can take care of that. And these are essential services. Government is not out there spending money willy-nilly. Government... What government spends is essential. Exactly. Paying, keep the hospital open and subventions. Yes. You got water, which you got to be subventing every month. Yes. We got, um, you know, you're paying teachers yes. to teach our children. You got the police that you're paying for. You got fire that you're paying for. Mm-hmm. I mean, American Airlines couldn't come here if we didn't have to put money into fixing up the airport, the, airport right. the way it is. Or the terminal building, even yes. though it's leaking, that yes. we, you know putting stopgap measures in until we develop a new terminal building. Yes. We'll get to that in the economic development. All right, we'll get to it. We'll get to all that. This sounds like the, the episode of hope and excitement. This is the episode no, of hope because and you, you, I am excited. You touched on something, Premier, and I, I, I must give um, the, the our PS and our PS in the Ministry of Finance. I keep telling people I work for the Ministry of Finance, and all these other these are all these other ministries that's been <laughs> taking my time. They they they, they, they got to build them for me. Yeah. Um, but you said something, and and it it hits home to me because I see the diligence with which I'm going to call their names. Mrs. Kathleen Rogers. Yes. Miss Marissa Harden Hodge. Yes. Mr. Van Lee Harris. Harris yes. is his last name. Yes. 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 
Is the accountant general. The accountant general, Mr. Kiel Kana, Mr. Lanny Hobson. Those five, I can call more names, but those five in in particular, let me tell you something, Leniva. They wouldn't spend a bad dime. (laughs) That is correct. No, they don't. Especially if it belongs to the people of Angola. If it belongs to the people of Angola, they spend a bad dime. Exactly. And they want to collect every dime too. Yes. And, and I, I see the, the, the care, the attention that they put into their job. Yes. They are, res- they, when I tell you they take their roles and responsibilities seriously, they do. And I must show them out because it's on the back of their hard work. I can message the PS anytime. And she would have the answer, I'll tell me, hold. And she'll jump on the phone and she has to get the PAS. Or she has to get on to, to, to Mr. Connor, Mr. Hobson. No matter what's going on, they can pull it. That's mm. proper accounting. Yes. And when I see people want to strip apart government's budget and want to see that they're lying here, they're doing this. I get, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I get highly offended. Because I know what they are going through. Not a bad dime is spent. That's right. And we're now in a position where we, I can actually say that we're growing sustainably together. <laughs> like that excites me because people think that England is supposed to do everything for us. <laughs> and that's not the case. No, definitely not. That's not what Ronald Webster led the revolution for. Tell them again. Exactly. They think it was to get away from St. Kitts? No. That was was a little part of it. That was a little part of it. It's to stand on our own two feet. Exactly. Exactly. And we are actually coming to a place of grace where we can actually do that. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for that. But, can I? (laughs) Go ahead. All right. You, You touched on economic development. We have all these things going on, but economy doesn't stop. It's more than tourism. Yeah. But I think we have some exciting things happening in tourism. I heard you mention the MOU with Altima. That's correct. Um, what other projects are coming on stream? Because say one, say two. For me, I don't know if it's a builder's take, but there's money in concrete. I find when concrete is flowing, there's money flowing in the economy and it's building for things to come. So we have Altima. What other projects do we have possibly coming on stream and we'll use that have signed? Yeah, so first I want to say that our number one priority for economic resilience is the airport. Okay. So new terminal building, that's uh, what we're working on right now. Uh, we already have an airport master plan yes. that stretches um, for the next 20 years yes. to develop uh, you know, the Clayton J. Lloyd International. New terminal building, uh, taxiway, uh-huh. uh, and then airport uh, runway expansion. Okay. So that, that, that's all in tow. Uh, we got the funding um, essentially to do the um, airport terminal. Okay. Uh, remember, the U.K. had... Uh, Promised four us pounds? four million pounds each uh-huh. year, essentially for three years, and uh-huh. uh, so that should cover it. And then the other aspects of it, and uh, we we are talking to the UK about uh, funding or helping to fund or pointing us, giving us permission 
uh, to borrow so we can fund the airport expansion because that is important to the development of Anguilla. Yes. Without that, we're basically just going to be where we talked about earlier, skimming the surface, mostly underwater. Yeah. You said something earlier, which I want to, um, in the previous episode, you talked about, and you give the indication like pistons, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, and, and like a well oiled machine. Yes. But what that entails is that we have to have more pillars um, than just tourism. And, and that's why we want to diversify the economy into fishing, into agriculture, not only for food security, but also, um, you know, for export, but also to, uh, you know, to help uh, our people right. find different avenues, financial services. So we have to get there. But it, MOU for the Altima Marina. Uh-huh. There was an MOU signed in 2006. Then it was uh, signed again in 2019. Now uh, we... So in 2021, we've updated it. Um, I've spoken with the principals, and they were here last week. And we're looking at getting that project going. Okay. Uh, so Ultima Marina is got marina plus luxury villas um, in that area down by Ultima. Okay. And then we have the rendezvous project, um, and that, uh, you know, we don't have the MOU signed as yet, but we've basically fall along with that, and that's going to be a marina uh, uh, Waldorf Astoria Hotel and Luxury Villas. We also have um, the Savannah Bay Project, okay. which is going to be another hotel, Luxury Villas, Marina Village, and Marina Project on the eastern end of the island. And I'm excited about that because that's coming home. <laughs> you know, that's coming home. And so, 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 so the people from Island Harbor and East End and mm-hmm. Sand Hill, they don't have to drive all the way west end, you to know, work, to yeah. work. They're going to be, um, you know, going up there. And, and, and with that, um, you know that every MOU that we sign has to have a social project with it. And yes. that's going to entail as something that the people of Anguilla can look at and say, this came because we gave um, duty-free concessions for them to build the hotel yes. or the marina, that this is a social project that is there. Whether it's a community center, whether it's an indoor facility, whether it's um, the Island Harbor, um, you know, project mm-hmm. uh, with boardwalk, whether it's um, a- Annie Villas um, is another um, MOU that yes. was signed and they're building uh, villas over in Shoal Bay. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, they are into education projects. So right. um, ICT Lab, uh, right. which is a computer lab at mm-hmm. Vivian Vanderpool Primary School. Uh, you know, they also donating to a business incubate, incubator center yes. for the creatives. I mean, these are yeah, these these are, these are things that are happening that are coming. Ciblu yeah. <laughs> is also looking at expanding, yes. and uh, so that's another um, you know project, tourism project. Uh, so, so I, I I feel excited because I know these are coming. Cove Castles also, we we do have um, you know that has an MOU uh, that we're working on. And uh, we're doing some due diligence now that has mm-hmm. slowed it down a little bit because of the war in, in Ukraine yes. and, and Russian connections. You know, yes. we have to make sure that, 
you know, we meet the sanction requirements and that there are no sanctions against any right. of the principals. And, 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 and that one, I know that is going to be fine, but you got to dot the I's, cross the T's, because yes. we don't govern ourselves. Exactly. We have an administering power. Yes. And certainly it's unfortunate that there's a war in Ukraine because it has caused a lot of issues, not only just that the fuel price has gone up, but also in terms of Rus- uh, yes, Russian or, or Russian um, connected visitors come into Anguilla right. because we do get some. Yes. We do get the big boat that used to come out there mm-hmm. in Meads Bay. Mm-hmm. You know that that ain't gonna come this time. You don't, right? you don't get a. You don't get eclipse. You don't, yeah, yeah, I know the name. Cause I, 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 wow. I, I, no, because I like staying at home and watching them pull up. And, you, you did know, say that she was well connected. <laughs> 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 not yes, in that yes, way. Yes, I, I, I need to clarify. Not in that way because of exactly where I'm going to go next. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I, I I know the premier. He hesitated before he said financial services. Yes. And I know he hesitated because I have been a thorn in his side right. for the past <laughs> few months. Right. And I would not be able to go home if I yes. don't bring this up. And so I have to. Uh-huh. When COVID shut down mm-hmm. the island, when there were no tourists coming, mm-hmm. yes, one of the only way that we got foreign exchange into this island was because of the financial services industry mm-hmm. during that period. True. It is no secret. Um, <laughs> the financial services industry is a small, very tight-knit industry. You know, a lot of persons may not even know persons who work in the financial services industry. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I'm very proud of, as someone who has lived in the BVI and who has connections in the BVI, whereas a lot of the financial services institutions in the BVI are foreign-owned entities, in Anguilla, it's quite the opposite. Oh, in Anguilla, the, the, the entities, the, the financial services um, entities in Anguilla, they're locally and wholly owned by Anguillians. What is being done to ensure the longevity of this very volatile, and I, we'll call a speed a speed, a very volatile industry. We, we deal with a lot of external factors and a lot of external requirements that don't necessarily translate well in Anguilla. But what is your government doing to ensure that this industry, as volatile as it is, does not go extinct in the next two, three years? And that's an excellent question. And, and the answer is not an easy one, but let's say that we value the financial service industry. Um, but we are, um, you know, non-compliant with the OECD. That's our regulatory uh, body. Um, we are now blacklisted with the EU. We were blacklisted. We were able to get off. We're back on. Because we have not been able to meet the reporting requirements of um, that body. Oh. And so, so, so with that, came a lot of um, requirements to change legislation. So we got a new Business Companies Act. We got the, um, you know, the other one about um, company registry. Um, you know, so, so, so what has been required is beneficial ownership. You know, the, the powers that be want beneficial ownership registries to be public. Mm. Right, but that doesn't work for the industry. 
it, it tends to put a be an issue. Now, so 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 we did pass the law, but there's a area in it of concern that I did address today with um, the PS. Uh, we we did get short staffed because one of our uh, our compliance officer did leave kind of suddenly, and so we but we're working towards trying to fix the issues that you have. The other thing that we did when we came in, there was a, you know, Anguilla Finance um, was getting subvented by the government. And um, we felt at the time, given the tight fiscal space that we needed um, to use that money elsewhere. And so we said we would like for the marketing of uh, financial services to be attached to the Anguilla Tourist Board because they marketed Anguilla for tourism. Uh-huh. If we could, in a way, attach someone to, to that, uh, to the bo- Tourist Board, then they could market our um, financial services. Uh, so far, <clears throat> we're working on it, but we haven't been able to find the right niche to fit that person or persons into that. But we are budgeted for it. So that will happen. Okay. So so we are committed to that. The Financial um, Service Commission, we have uh, made sure with the governor, strengthen that so that they, uh, that they regulate um, the industry. Uh, so And we are making sure that that is bolstered up. We did have someone that was seconded from um, the, the BVI who was here working with them, who has now gone back. Uh, so we are making the efforts. We certainly need to work a little closer with the industry so that we know what they want and see how we can compromise and make it happen. But when it comes to compliance and regulations, it's a difficult um, industry to, oh. to, to, to make it to the point. And the other thing that we're looking at right now is what type of products does financial services have that can attract uh, businesses, mm-hmm. entities from outside, because one of the things uh, we have found is Anguilla was good with captive insurances. That's kind of drying up some. Um, certainly the offshore banks that went out the window a long time ago. And then you have the anti-money laundering and um, combating um, terror financing of terrorism. All of those issues we have to deal with. And as a small jurisdiction, you have to meet the same requirements as a big country. Except we don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say it. Except we don't. This this remains, again, a ton in my sight. No, I'll say this because when you hear that we are blacklisted, and as the Premier said, Mm -hmm. we are blacklisted by the EU. Yeah. And non-compliant, and non-compliant by the OECD. The reality is, is that there are a number of financial services centers <laughs> in those areas, in those EU countries, in the administering power um, mm-hmm. <laughs> financial center of London, where they don't have to do any of this, and so. <laughs> the, the question is why? why? 
and yeah. that's a rhetorical question. Right. <laughs> and we, 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 we move on. But I, I, I do You see, think I moved away from us over the satellite <laughs> hits, you know. <laughs> Again, in here, we, we address the elephant in the room and we call a spade a spade. But I think it's important just so, for so, the, the so listening public, for the no, our viewing audience, so that they can they can understand it's unfair that it is a number of restrictive um, policies and measures that we are expected to meet. That those big financial centers in Luxembourg, in London, in and Switzerland, Delaware, in Delaware, yeah. that mm-hmm. do not and yeah. are not required, and that's that's what I say. We are small, and it seems it seems very unfair and restrictive that the smaller nations, most let, let, let's call them what they are, and a lot of them are the overseas territories mm-hmm. that are expected to meet a lot of these requirements. Mm-hmm. That's our big brothers and sisters out there don't have to contend with. And I don't want to take up any more time. No, I got a question there. You can't show that <laughs> out there, start this circus, and then get to ask why I want to ask. No, because there are too many clowns in that circus. So. <laughs> <laughs> on, that note, <laughs> on that note, that was my cue to leave that alone. But that's, that's interesting, though, because, yeah. you know, it's funny. I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine, um, and he, he, he mentioned Luxembourg. And I was like, yeah, one of the richest, it's the richest, right, country in the world, and uh, something along that lines. And then, you know, I said, but what separates them from us? And he started to dive into some things as to what is free will and free reign, but yet there are constraints placed on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> Same thing like I see why you didn't want to touch it. So I'm gonna leave yeah, that. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone because here yeah, is updating conversations from the government information service and while that affects us, that might get me a little bit heated now. And we got too many good things happening in the Ministry of Economic Development <laughs> and in finance here and ain't good enough for me to go down that road just yet. We're gonna have a separate conversation on that. I think that's what we're gonna do. I think that one is gonna be after that. No, we have to we have to bring it out there. I understand that you're in the industry. True, but there are some questions yeah. that have to be answered. We bring in the FSC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. bring them in and ask those questions because I mean, we 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 saw a glimpse of this with fat kind everything that was happening, That's and right. now things that you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll leave that alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other projects. We talked about stuff from the tourism side. Mm-hmm. Any other MOUs out there that the citizen public might find interesting? Well, gaming um, is one of the um, areas that we're looking into. Okay. Uh, we feel that um, that is a revenue stream that is possible. We certainly have to make sure we do it carefully, and we have to worry about the social um, issues that can occur because of it. Right. But if it's managed properly, and, and um, you know, the policy... And then the legislation, uh, you know, addresses who can um, enter these establishments and what is allowed, uh, you know, then I think that uh, we will be able to do it the proper way and the correct way. So so casinos, uh, you know, slot machines, uh, you know, tables, I think um, it is. We have a um, set of um, 
tourists that they want to go and do this type of activity. So they'll land in Anguilla, and then they go across the sea and, 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 and gamble. And um, so that's where they spend most of their money. And then they come back here, pick up their plane, and they go, you know. So, yeah, you know. I, I have a real-life <clears throat> experience with that. Yes. I'm not gonna joke. I'm not. I. It was so funny. Again, I was working in the industry at that point in time, and this was an owner of a basketball team, an mm-hmm. NBA basketball team. Yes, it was so cool. Like I was there with the uh, with the owner when they were talking about making a trade. Like I knew the trade was happening when he was on the phone. He was saying like make the trade because he's right there. But it was interesting. His son had just made 18. And he wanted to gamble. Yes. So he chartered a boat, went to St. Martin for him to be able to gamble. Like, we're just over there waiting for them. It's his 18th birthday. He wanted to gamble and drink. And that's what he did. And the business didn't stop. So you are correct. This is not fictitious. People no. do come here for their rest and relaxation or land their plane here, but go to St. Martin mm-hmm. and engage in those activities. It diversifies our tourism product as well. That's correct. We talked about medical tourism the last time, but gaming also opens up for other other avenues, not just the slot machines and other That's things. Right. right now, because nothing is regulated. If, like for instance, they had the boxing recently, yes. like there was no way you can place a bet or do those type of things. Where gaming or gambling is concerned, for the lack of a better word, the only thing that we have is Madruka and the, lottery, Caribbean, and the Caribbean lottery. Right. So lottery and gambling and that, that measure of risk is here. So it'll be interesting to see when the consultations come what certain factions of the community will say when this stuff already exists and they're going to St. Martin to do it anyway. I, I appreciate the fact that you, you, you mentioned those social... Safety nets, for the lack of a better word, mm-hmm. are those areas yes. of concern yes. because mm-hmm. we have to protect our Definitely. people. Definitely. Um, but like everything, it's a, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a chance that you'll take. And I feel if... Well, you said earlier, you know, we got to increase our appetite, appetite for, for risk. risk. That's you know? it. That's and, it, uh, Premier. Yeah. Yeah. Go right ahead. <laughs> you know, the, pre- the Premier clarified what type of gaming, you know, because in my head, I, you know, just being devil's advocate today. Uh-huh. I've taken your role. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going, you know, gaming, I'm speaking casinos, I'm speaking hunting. But I'm glad you clarified. We're speaking... Yeah, we're, we're speaking. We're speaking gambling, we're speaking casinos. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being in the Bahamas a few years ago, and I, I know you kind of alluded to that in terms of who can enter the establishment. Mm-hmm. I remember being in the Bahamas a few years ago, and walking through Atlantis Casino, mm-hmm. and there were these big signs that said, Bahamians and residents of, of the Bahamas are restricted and they cannot enter, they cannot um, participate in, in those activities. Is that, is that one of those social protections that we are possibly considering um, as, as, as we look to quote unquote? protect our people it is um, a consideration yes mm-hmm. or if it's not a uh, total uh, restriction it would be limited to a specific amount of days a month or something like mm-hmm. that but, but very it will be limited to to locals correct so premier i'm hearing all this there's a lot of movement and i have to go back to this please permit me if i may sorry 
Uh-huh. I, I want you to give me two seconds. Okay. <laughs> because the, the, the reason I'm, I'm, you know, going through my mind is that this is going to take some revenue away from our board owners. Because, yeah. you know, I happen to have been in St. Martin on vacation over the midterm break. Uh-huh. And on property, there was um, one of those gaming spots. And I would drive by, drive by, <laughs> to get to my to get to my unit. And a number of persons, a number of Angulians that I have seen going um, to those recreational venues. <laughs> the terms. <laughs> no, I have, I have, recreational I, venues. I mean, I, and I, I'm, I'm being very careful in how I say it because mm, I have yeah. as well um, indulged. But for recreational purposes, you right. know, I, I go and I go. Listen, uh, I'm not, I'm not a gambler. <clears throat> I don't believe in giving away my hard-earned money personally. Mm, right. It's just not for me. I mean, I can think. So I say, just as if though I would budget for entertainment, right. I consider that my entertainment part of my budget. Mm. So. That's why I call it recreational. Because yeah, for me, that, I, you're, I, I, so you're a responsible I, gambler. Because no, I don't like gambling. I don't win. <laughs> 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 that, that's just a long shot of it. Is that I don't win, uh, and so I hate losing my hard hard work for money. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that a lot of Anguillians go to Saint Martin to engage whether recreationally or otherwise mm-hmm. in such activities. So, right. you know, I was just mm. thinking that, you know, we're removing revenue from other areas. They're going to still go because no, from what I understand, yeah, exactly. like they have a specific chair, a specific time they play, mm-hmm. a certain yeah. dealer that they want to deal with. They got all kind of um, yeah. things around do, the activities. Do, you know, because in Angola, we, we, yeah, we have a thing. idiosyncrasies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, there's always something, yeah. But in Angola, we have a tendency, if I'm not seeing it, then it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, type of mindset. Do you anticipate some sort of pushback from the Christian Council, the Ev- Evangelical Society? Uh, sorry, association? Association. But, yeah. Do you anticipate some sort of pushback from them as we look to expand in those areas? And how, how do you well, plan to mitigate that, that pushback? Well, I expect that there will be, um, you know, constructive discussions. Mm-hmm. And that's what the consultations are about. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, um, you know, this, is not, this has come up before. There was a consultation done in 2019 that they would have engaged persons mm-hmm. from the Christian Council and Evangelical Association and other um, civic society groups. And, 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 you know, the, the, the pushback was not as bad as you would think it would have been. Mm-hmm. And, so, and this was done by the previous administration, so I'm going based on the reports that I get uh, from during that time. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, I think that if you have uh, adult conversations and constructive discussions, that um, these can coexist. I, you know? I agree. I mean... They're going anyway. But, but like I said, you know, we, we tend to go, if I'm mm-hmm. not seeing it, it's not happening. Yeah. Even when mm-hmm. donations do go to the church from those avenues. But, you, you know. You ain't going to get me in trouble 
<laughs> you see how she slid that she, one in? Just let her right there. Right you ain't going <laughs> to get me in trouble. And she's laughing and holding it. So people don't hear her on the radio. You good. Yes. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. So here's where I want to go with this uh, premiere. <laughs> you smoothed it. I, I, wow. You know, you know. That's how they got it through in Puerto Rico. Just exactly what you said. Just that <laughs> is how it worked. But, uh, I'm not gonna get in there either. I ain't getting in there at all. I'm gonna leave that alone. Yes. But but all that's happening within the Ministry of Finance. Um, we have GST. We have a lot more to look at where the public purse is concerned. We have all these things coming on stream. In my limited vision, I am almost seeing a need to bolster certain units, our audit function, um, certain aspects, customs and immigration, I'm seeing a need for a bolstering, maybe some more staff, other trainings and stuff. Is there any room in the budget for training and stuff? I know that was taken out, um, uh, not necessarily taken out, but adjusted um, previously. But there's a need for training. There's a need for scholarships and, and, and other things. Do we see that coming up again in this new budget? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, because I've said that we've been under austerity measures since 2009. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's time for us to start developing the human capital. Right. Because that's where we need to be so that, as I said, we're going to improve the framework. Mm-hmm. We're going to build up the foundation so that we are independent-minded and thinking people. We got to get the human capital to that same level, and so yes, there there is uh, money for training that we want to increase. That um, we want to provide some scholarships because we had to basically take out because of COVID. Right. Uh, you know, we had to take out all of those people weren't traveling anyway right. and things like that. Uh, so we want to do that. <clears throat> we also want to make sure uh, that. You know, we we owe University of West Indies money. We gonna in our uh, supplementary budget, we catering to pay them Excellent. some of those arrears. The Eastern Caribbean Supreme Court, we am uh, gonna pay some of the arrears that we, we have for debt. them. Yeah. We want to pay our debt. We're growing the, sustainably the, together. Yes, the deferred, salaries, <laughs> the deferred salaries, the deferred salaries for public servants. We're gonna uh, make the final payment. Oh wow! Because you know. And that came down from, you know, well, oh, from like 30-something million dollars over time. It's now we're going to finish paying it off this December. So that's going to be uh, paid you off. Can, you can't jump over that premium. I think the folks listening would appreciate that one. You can't jump over yeah, the fact that yeah, yeah, yeah. you are going to finish pay off those different yeah. salaries. It took too long, of course, but it will be done. You know, so so the deferred salaries will be paid off. Right. And then what we have done, as you um, would have said, you need to bolster some of these agencies. So, like customs um, uh-huh. ended up getting regraded. Right. So that um, you know we we you know the persons who have stayed in the service that they can get what is rightfully theirs. Right. 
increments are going to start up again uh, in the coming year. So you know where uh, you get increments because of where you're supposed to be in the Mm -hmm. service. We're going to start that up again. That was put on hold from about 2011. And and so so I think that the public service has, has done its work to keep the country going. You've said that okay. every time you've sat in this chair. Yes. During COVID, that was the um, the group that was working, that was supporting their families and every family around them, their yes. neighbors. It was the public service. Yes. They were the ones who could go shopping. I mean, the, the $1,000 that we were giving for unemployment and underemployment benefits, that couldn't go too far. Right. You know, you got to buy food, you got to pay your light bill, you got to yeah. pay your phone bill. Um, water bill. I mean, that was difficult times. Yeah. So the public service carried the country. You know, we now Ooh. have to make sure that we um, see that and we take care of them. I, you know? I wholeheartedly yeah. agree. I think yeah. that's going to make, and it's not that they're getting a bump, uh, like some people would say. No, they're not getting bonuses, they're not getting. Um, you know, we're they're not. Getting what's owed. They're getting what what is due to them. That's, That's correct. Exactly. That's correct. I, 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 and I, and at some point, you know, when we can mm-hmm. uh, raise the salaries, you know, different, uh, then we will. Yes. But at this point in time, you don't want to just spend everything you got because you see, we have to use it to do these other things, pay our debt, uh, you know, pay for the cost of living benefits, which yes. we want to do. You know, the the electric bills have gone up. People say it's because of GST, but it's not. I mean, it's because, um, you know, the fuel surcharge is it, it almost doubled, right, from yeah. 45 cents to 70 cents. Yeah. And the intention is to raise it to $1.05. We want to make sure that we can protect against that by going toward renewable energy. So, so that's why the hard push. That's why... You know, this administration is out there on the limb pushing hard and saying we need to get an RFP, a request for proposals, get all the companies and developers um, to make their proposals. It goes through procurement. Procurement picks the one that has the best um, offer that can do the job. They build the, um, the renewable energy farm. We get, um, you know, renewable energy. That's going to decrease the cost. Every report that I've seen shows that um, you're looking at a cost per kilowatt hour between um, 11 and 20 cents per kilowatt hour. Now, I don't know where it will fall in there, but we've got a public utilities commission that's going to regulate the cost and that of a so kilowatt you're, hour. You're signaling to, into the next episode that you didn't <laughs> even know because we have the, the commissioner here, Mr. Damian Harrigan. Who's going to be on after you? Okay. <laughs> and hey. you did not know. I did not know that. <laughs> but yeah, yes. we're going in that direction. But mm-hmm. know that you've touched Anglic. I I have to. I have to because I, I made I made this argument here. And I think Leniva is probably going to stay quiet on this because she wears a lot of hats. I don't know if you know, but she's also the chair uh, person of the Water Cooperation of Anguilla. Yes, I know. That. Okay, great, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> because some people pretended not to, not to. Know. I'm not asleep at the wheel. Okay, I, thank you for that. <laughs> so we have this. this <laughs> Hey, no, 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 you're no, not no, doing yes, that, Glenniva. Yes, yes, we are. Because oh, I got a call. You got a call. That you made a call. Yes, I made a call. So I need to clarify that mm-hmm. right here. Okay, go ahead. Because 
obviously I didn't hear. Because mm-hmm. um, there's also Monday night football that comes on. So, you okay. know, football is somewhat more interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I think a comment was made that that appointment had happened that very same night. Yeah. Under the cloak of darkness. Yeah. I want to take this opportunity. Yeah. To cut you off. Uh Uh-huh. To clarify Mm -hmm. that the Honorable Premier would have known that I was made chairperson of the Water Corporation because this was approved in Exco during working hours. That's correct. I don't know where else it was supposed to happen. Um, Since earlier in October. That's correct. So just... Let's just just put that to rest there right right now. Earlier October in Exco, because this is my problem with these entire things. And I must say, I must put on record, and I I still have the conversation, and I I told a gentleman who I consider to be one of my adopted fathers, like, this is how you get in trouble because Mr. Chris Richardson was on the show with him. And I said, I said what I said to Chris, because you can't, you can't make these statements and think that people aren't going to hold you accountable for those things. So when I called the show, I was driving, I pulled off the road Mm -hmm. and I called the show and I said, it's not made public yet. And that is on me. Mm -hmm. I didn't put out a press release. I got the instructions. I didn't put out a press release. I was traveling among other things. I'm back. I'm trying to get stuff. And then they're going on, on here and say they have no chair. And I was like, no, they has a chair. Just just trying to correct that. Yeah. You know, just share a little information. And then they're going to go on to say, oh, I fire Kennedy. How are you going to say that on here? So, so, so we're, we're going to see, this is where I kind of stick up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's leave that. Stick up. No, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Stick up in and reverse to some previous episodes where... The farmer chair would have said that in, he's in his yeah. his own words in that chair right there. That word chair. Yeah. We're gonna stick up in and just revert to that episode, and in his own words, we have clarity on that. Yes. Leave that there. Okay. Right go. There. All right. So we're back to water. We're back to. The but he did resign. He did resign. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I mean, I have. But well, he said that he would. He said there's <laughs> well, competency. I, he did resign, and I have that in writing. Okay. Good. Because yes. they said that I fired him. But that's a different story. But he did he did point to the competency sitting right here to take up the mantle and go forward. He did from that very chair. Yeah. That would be his recommendation. And, and he said that he Leneva did was the deputy chair. There was a deputy chair. Naturally, of course. If she accepted that she would continue, then she became the chair. And I have no I have no yeah. qualms, I have no and problem. It was approved in executive council. In executive council, right. not on the side of the room and Ivan pull after to, to send some information just you to got a lot of power <laughs> yeah, we are I did not know that but the funny part is I pulled off right by Anglic I got a power is that solar power <laughs> hopefully not the fuel surcharge because I think where you're going yeah, that's where I'm going with the fuel surcharge just to bring it back yes. there <laughs> so I have a concern mm-hmm. and I think it's a legitimate concern yes I don't think and I'm not, I'm not speaking, I hope I'm not speaking out of tone. But I'm not sure that everyone understands the impact of this renewable energy debate. Mm-hmm. Here's why I say this. If, there are a lot of companies out there wanting to uh, provide renewable energy. But anyone doing their due diligence would not just go on a company's website. No. They're going to go in the media. They're going to check for articles. Every week there's something in the Anguillian about renewable energy in Anglican in, in 
making it seem like government is at war with Anglican renewable energy. Mm. Outside of that, Anglic is continuing, for good reason or not, to move the needle where the fuel surcharge is concerned. And a number of persons are taking it upon themselves to go to renewable energy for themselves. Yes. Including the big facilities. That's what I'm getting at right. now, including our hotels and right. some major supermarkets and the right. like. And right. I see why that I am going to exclude myself from this one. Yeah, I, I don't need you for this long time. But, so, so we have one big mess, one big PR mess that we are fueling because mm-hmm. it's good radio topic, it's right. good right. Um, barroom topic, is the barbershop talk. And A realized that we live in a global village and our borders are porous. And everything, Mr. Keith Stonegrave touched on responsible journalism, Mm -hmm. everything out there is that fast. You have major clients looking to come off the grid. Right. Legislatively, I don't think there's anything that can stop them. No. Um, However, Anglec has a monopoly on power generation in Anguilla. So they can only use it as backup. They could only use that as backup. That's correct. And they can they can which sit with means, which means that they can't disconnect from the grid. That's they can't connect. They, they can't disconnect from the which grid. Is, which is funny. I, I'll, I'll tell you why. I There's a loophole everywhere. No, but I'll tell you why this is funny. Mm-hmm. If I don't pay my bill, I get disconnected. Right. So I can't disconnect, but you can disconnect me. Just putting that there. But but can can, can <laughs> I as a I'm I'm the new owner of Ivan's Charming Escape. In Little Harbor, I bought the the building from Asilco. I renovated Cinnamon Reef. I have to take I have to take on Angleg, but I have solar panels and all those nice flat roofs. I'm energy efficient. Mm-hmm. Every day, my engineering department say we have to test something mm-hmm. <laughs> at my facility, and they turn off Angleg. Are we switch over because mm-hmm. we? Mm-hmm. What's going to stop me from doing that? Nobody. Okay, and nothing. Nobody and nothing. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. That's the big, that's the big properties. Right. You have individual families. So now who has to pay Anglic's bill? Because now Anglic still got to get paid for all the power they're generating. Yeah, best so they're coming it. back to the households to uh-huh. pay, right? And then the rates are going to go up because big. those diesel big boys down here... Still gulping. They're still gulping. Yep. And they operate yep. an efficiency in terms of their load management. Right. Okay, well, I, I ain't done yet. I ain't done yet. Added to that, you have persons willing to take up the 100% financing from the National Commercial Bank of Angola for renewable energy to put renewable energy on their homes, solar panels, get their batteries. $30,000, they prefer to pay... A $30,000 loan mm-hmm. at $800 a month for the next 6, 10, 20, 15 years, whatever they get it for, yeah. hypothetically speaking, right. than to pay Anglic $1,500 a month. Right. But here comes Anglic, Mr. Premier, and Anglic is saying, no, we have to go towards renewable energy. We have to go towards renewable energy. are singing this song like, they, like the symbol in a marching band, and we're right. doing this every single day. And I had a conversation with somebody that I respect recently, and I asked him a few questions. I'm going to ask these same questions of you, Mr. Premier. Is government standing in the way of Anglic going towards renewable energy? No. Government is not. We get out of the way. Government favors a power purchase agreement, correct? Correct. Anglic says they want to do it themselves. 
I asked somebody who said that they're all for Ang like doing it themselves. And I'm going to ask you, Mr. Premier, you, Miss um, Glenny Bahaj, you know, in your capacity as just Glenny Bahaj, not WCA chairperson. Okay. Anglic has to buy a certain number of polls. Uh, I don't know if it's still the case, so I hope I'm not misquoting. Every year, because we live on the hurricane belt, so they have to budget for that. Right. Polls, replacement mm-hmm. polls if we get a stop. If Ang- we know what happened with the, with the solar farm mm-hmm. at, with Hurricane Irma. That's right. We never saw it again. Wiped out. Wiped out clean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there are better ways to put them down now, the angles and everything. They're still responsible and they can be damaged. So every year, we no longer we will no longer have to account for poles, but we'd have to account for solar panels, and they're talking about wind as well. So we're going to have to account for some wind turbines. Then we have to account for the training of persons in, and the specialists responsible for these fields. So if you are taking on all this added debt, and you are losing clients because people have had enough of you, and you can't necessarily right now attract the investment mm-hmm. uh, or go towards getting it done because of what's permeating out there in the media, how is the cost going to go down? I don't see it. Because it's, and especially if you're doing it in a phased manner. That's if another thing because yeah, then, yeah, you're not getting off from the fossil fuels at all. Exactly. You still got to keep <coughs> them, those engines Those running. engines still got to turn. That's right. Then, then we didn't even touch batteries. Right. We didn't even touch batteries because it's not just to build a solar farm. Right. We're not going to be Antigua. My, my brother, I, I saw my brother on my way back and he gave me the biggest joke. <laughs> he told me, like, eh, solar farms are there big and pretty, but where they say, how is it empty? Nothing mm-hmm. is in there. They don't have any batteries. Mm-hmm. And some of the farms aren't even hooked up. Yeah. But it's a bit of political right. talk that's yeah. going on there. But we didn't even touch batteries. Right. We didn't even honestly touch the integration into the system. Right. And I remember the, 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 when Anglic went to it the first time and we were having all these problems with the dipping power and they didn't, like, just the, 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 the cloud cover. There's a lot to go into it. Yes. Why are we, honestly and truly, uh, Premier, why are we not taking a serious look at a PPA? Because when you do that, they're responsible. Definitely. They have a duty of responsibility to provide power at this cost. That's right. All the time. That's correct. <laughs> so That's correct. why? And they have to do the maintenance. And they have and to they do have the to maintenance. Do the upgrades. And the PUC can regulate what the cost is. So what is the big fight? Let that let that be a rhetorical question. You want it to be? Yes. Okay. Because I'm, I'm mindful we started this episode. Oh, wow. That's the time? <laughs> I didn't realize. I mean, we started this episode talking about time and being respectful of our um, radio partners. Yes. yes I didn't did. realize um, that he's passing yes, our Yes, we have. You're a responsible um, person. It's her show. <laughs> but I just wanted to say, there's a, there's, there's a, a saying out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Every time that I think about not being responsible and, and going down a certain road, my mom usually says, do not cut off your nose to spite your face. And on that note, Ivan? Hmm. Premier, I'll give you the <laughs> final word. I don't know if you want to touch anything that was said, um, but there's a lot happening. This has been two excellent episodes back-to-back. You'll definitely be back. I know we're going into but the next buzzer season, yes. and the house is... Um, is, uh, is starting this next session, sitting up sessions. 
anything that you want to tell us why we close? Yes, certainly. Uh, we have a very uh, robust legislative agenda. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the Minister for Infrastructure and Tourism, he wants to put in, um, you know, the vehicle um, traffic, uh, you know, the um, seat belts, you know, seat belts and DUIs, child restraints yes, and uh, driving under the influence, all that legislation he wants to bring in. The, uh, the Minister plates. for Home Affairs, he wants to bring in the minimum wage, yes. um, some uh, amendments to the Labor Relations Act, yes. some Immigration and Passport uh, Act amendments. Yes. Uh, we got the Minister for the Environment, um, you know, looking at, um, you know, we want to make sure that we come up with a robust uh, way of uh, dealing with with um, Anguilla. Uh-huh. And so the policies, um, you know, we got to make those strong, and then you got to get legislation to do it. So, so just want to say that it's going to be strong legislative agenda this year. We've already alerted the Attorney General's chambers, yes. the drafters, that there's going to be a lot of work to do. Executive Council knows what our priorities are, and so we move in that direction. Yes. I just want to say to the people of Anguilla that, you know, the budget that kind of shows the priorities that we have for us as a people, uh-huh. that the well-being of the people of Anguilla is what motivates me to get up every day, to go to work, and try to do what I can um, for the people um, that um, you know raised me, that sent me away to yes. school, that then allowed me um, to develop as a person, gave me the self-esteem and the confidence that I have, and that I could come back home and represent the people of Anguilla and to do the best um, for the people. And that's that's what I'm here for. You know, I'm not here um, to uh, cut any corners. I'm not here um, to make myself look good. I want to make sure that the people are taken care of. And that's what, as a doctor, that's, um, you know, what I, uh, you know, the oath that I took was that I would make sure that the well-being of the people was preserved, protected, and progressed. Awesome. So I want to thank you for this opportunity. Boy, this is a great pleasure. show that um, Glenniva has. Yes. You as a sidekick. <laughs> yes. I see that. I'm Har Robin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but again, thank you very much for this opportunity to speak to the people of Anguilla, to speak with you. And I must say that, uh, you know, the potential here is awesome. Thank, thank, thank you, you very much. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And Ivan? Over and out to you. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, it's been another excellent episode of Progress Report. Remember, you can tune into your favorite radio station. Call them up if you need a copy. Um, or you can stream, download all the major streaming platforms, including YouTube. Uh, we have the episodes there. It's distributed on in- not Instagram, Facebook. WhatsApp, Facebook. It's everywhere. Don't. There's a quote. There's a quote. I have to find this quote. Geneva, please permit me to find this quote because I posted it the other day and it talks about information. Oh, man. I can't find it. But it says... You will definitely have it for next time. I'll definitely have it for next time. But it's, it's... it talks about the amount of information that's out there. Continue to get your, your information from a reputable source. That's Continue right. to make sure that when you speak, you're speaking on the facts. And continue to make sure that you stay tuned to progress report, updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. Thank you.